Hello, everyone. I'm Harvey Brownstone, and today's guest is not only an accomplished and successful vocalist, she's the daughter of one of the most beloved musicians, singers, and entertainers of all time, Glenn Campbell. She began singing from an early age and spent many summers with her dad on tour and in the studio with the Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour television show. In 1987, she became part of her father's show as a featured singer, and she toured the world with the Glen Campbell Show for 24 years. In the early 90s, she had her own show in Branson, Missouri, and she continued performing with her father at the Glen Campbell Good Time Theatre, followed by a residency at the Andy Williams Moon River Theatre. She recorded numerous duets with her father, including the wonderful 1995 album, United We Stand. And after he passed away in 2017, she wrote a very moving book entitled Life With My Father, Glenn Campbell. She also released an album entitled The Way We Were, containing new music dedicated to her father's memory. And on December 17th, she's releasing her brand new single from that album called Today Is Mine. What a thrill to welcome Debbie Campbell to our show. Debbie, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, no, my pleasure. Debbie, I've had the pleasure of interviewing a fair number of children of big stars, and every single one of them has told me that being the child of a celebrity is nowhere near as glamorous as people think. Do you agree? I totally agree. Yes, I do. When did you first realize that your dad was famous? You know, probably... In the early, maybe early 70s, late 60s, early 70s. Now, your parents divorced when you were three years old, and you spent much of your youth in England with your mom and stepdad, who was in the Air Force, but you still had a very close relationship with your father growing up, didn't you? Well, we, we did. I mean, he was my dad, but our relationship really started when I started singing with him, you know, because we had a lot of one-on-one time together city to city. And it's like, you know, the day he looked at me and said, wow, so this is what it's like to have a relationship with one of your kids. Because he was always on the road, you know, like truck drivers or any parent that's gone so much, you know, they're your parent, you know, they love you, but the relationship is in progress all the time. Did that affect you? Do you think growing up? I don't think so. I mean, no, I don't really think so. I think I've I've weathered the storm, you know, because my mom, you know, my mom, dad was married four times. My mom was married four times. I kind of grew up through all of that with the different spouses, different uh, kids from the marriages. I'm the oldest out of all of the kids. And I think I've weathered the storm pretty good. I think in a way, having read your book, It's not a bad thing that for a good part of the tumultuous part of your father's life, you weren't there. I think that was probably a blessing. Right. And so I, so that's why when people say, well, how can you even be friends with Tanya? It's like, well, I wasn't around when dad dated Tanya and she's a nice person to me. And I deal with people on a one-to-one basis. You know what I mean? But then when I talked to Sarah, dad's third wife, she was the the not I don't want to use the word victim but that was when her and dad were married and then Tanya came into play I wasn't around for all of that so I have to play with all these different personalities if you know what I mean 
I do. Now, everybody from my generation remembers your father's TV show, The Glen Campbell Good Time Hour. He was not just an incredibly gifted musician and a great singer. He could adapt his singing style and sing duets with any guest that came on that show. Everybody from Sonny and Cher to Sheena Easton to the Righteous Brothers to Air Supply, he sang with them all and he made them sound better. What an incredible talent he was. He definitely was. I absolutely agree. And I'm just so incredibly shocked that he's still not in the Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm so shocked. I I can't understand that. His voice, his uh, repertoire, his versatility would make him an ideal candidate, don't you think? Well, and his guitar playing, his his expertise as a musician, uh, you know, because he played on all those albums back in the day of all the artists, you know. I read somewhere that as good as his voice was, your dad always said he wanted to be remembered as a guitar player more than as a singer. Is that right? He, he wanted to be remembered as a musician's musician, definitely. Debbie, when did you first realize that you could sing really well? Well, I don't think I've ever realized that, to be honest. You know, I just said to dad, he was playing in Phoenix in 1987 at the fair, and we were living here. And I said, dad, can I sing with you? And he's, well, sure. Well, let's let's rehearse something. And so we did Burning Bridges, which was one of his earlier hits. And then he loved it. And after I sang with him, he goes, honey, will you go on the road with me? And that's the start of our 25 years on the road. You mean the decision was made that yeah, it just spontaneously? Was, he had been retired for a little while, and then he decided he was going to go back on tour. And after I sang with him, you know, the road gets lonely. And so having a family member along, you know, I think made it a little bit easier. And I took care of him. You know, I made sure he had his meals and his clothes pressed and and made sure he had his eyeglasses. You know, I mean, I I took care of him. So it was really a cool relationship that we had on the road. And here's what I really love. You toured all over the world with your dad and you got to see the incredible loyalty and the devotion of his fans up close and personal. That must have been so moving for you to see how truly beloved he was by so many millions of people. It's absolutely incredible. And I still I still keep in contact with a lot of those people that are over in Europe. You know, I'm a flight attendant. I don't know if you knew that. Yes. Okay. So I still do a lot of trips to Europe. And when I go to Dublin or I go to England, um, Australia, I get in contact with dad's fans that I met so many times from touring with him. And we will get together and have a chat. The guys in Dublin play music. So we'll go to a pub in Dublin and they'll bring their instruments and we'll sit around and sing, you know, so I still keep in contact with a lot of them. Now, Debbie, you recorded an album with your father called United We Stand, which I just love. I bought it after seeing you and your dad in concert in Branson. And you were prominently featured in the Live with the South Dakota Symphony album where you sang Little Green Apples and Let It Be Me with your dad, which I just loved. I'm just wondering if you have a favorite Glenn Campbell song. Yeah, of dad's songs, not necessarily me and him. I Will Never Pass This Way Again is one of my favorite songs that dad used to do on stage. You know, it's hard to choose which is the favorite of my dad's because every song that he sings becomes the favorite, you know. My favorite Glenn Campbell song is Try a Little Kindness. Oh, good. Yay. That's a great song. Absolutely. You know, it's it's hard when I recorded my tribute album to dad, picking songs. 
I never in a million years thought I would be singing dad songs. So I didn't have Try a Little Kindness on the album. I don't have Wichita Lineman on the album, which I'm going to have to go back in the studio, obviously, because I do those in the show now. But when I was picking songs to do a tribute album to dad, those songs didn't come into play because I didn't think I could sing them, you know, and now I know I can and I am. So I'm going to have to do another album, obviously. Now, just to let you know, Debbie, my favorite Glenn Campbell album is the Reunion album featuring the songs of Jimmy Webb. Do you have a favorite album of your dad's? That's my favorite album. That one is? Yes, absolutely. Really? Yes. I love all of those. The way dad portrays all those songs, that's definitely my favorite album. Well, I've got to ask you what you think of Elton John's creation of a duet with your dad on the Grammy winning and Oscar nominated song, I'm Not Gonna Miss You, which is one of the last songs your dad wrote and recorded. Have you heard the Elton John duet? I have, and it's very good. Yeah. You like it? it yeah, it's okay. You know, I mean, it would have been better if your dad would have been alive to do it with them, you know, I mean, of course. But yeah, I thought that was a, it was a good job. Yeah, absolutely. I want to ask you about your book, Life with My Father, Glenn Campbell, which is a loving but unflinching and frank memoir about your experiences as his daughter. He lived a very tumultuous life with a lot of highs and lows, many turbulent relationships, and of course, a highly publicized substance abuse problem. Debbie, was it hard to sit down and write that book? It was because at, when I wrote it, I had just been fired from dad's band by my stepmom, because with dad's Alzheimer diagnosis, she came in and took over and she fired dad's band of 25 years. And then she fired me because she wanted her kids to be on the road with dad. And I, it was very, it, it was hard. It was kind of like, instead of going to a therapist, I wrote my thoughts down how it took me all these years to, to get to know my dad and we became best friends. And then through an Alzheimer diagnosis where you're really not supposed to change their world at all. When they have a diagnosis like that, you want to keep everything the same and everything just changed for dad. And so that's, I just started putting all my thoughts down and, and that's how I wrote. That was like cathargic for me. You know what I mean? To help well, me I work through everything. I got the feeling that the book was therapeutic for you. And yes. I, I actually think, obviously, as a fan, and not ever having known your dad, I think he would have approved of that book. I think so, too, because I dad was a straight shooter. And you tell the truth, you know, and and I told the truth. And and that's that. So I definitely think he would have approved. What do you think was the most misunderstood thing about Glenn Campbell? Gosh, that's that's a hard question, Harvey. Uh, I don't know if he was misunderstood. He just wasn't. He did. I personally don't think dad received the accolades that he should have in his career. Definitely not. You know, Johnny Cash was great. Merle Haggard was great. But even Merle would tell you that my dad had everything, you know. Do you think he made it look too easy? Possibly. But unbeknowing to dad, you know. Dad just was who he was and did what he did. And it just became so easy for him, you know. And because I think he made it look so easy to play the guitar, to sing any kind of genre of music, to be a television host, to be so great in concert that people just assumed that it wasn't that much effort because he just made it look like it was such a natural part of what he did. 
Right. And it was, it really was because anybody will tell you that met him. He's the nicest person on the face of the earth. He'd give you the shirt off his back and he had, you know, I mean, I remember Colin Ray had me come and sing with him in Ohio one year. And I was, I was actually staying at a fan's house, you know, cause I've known them all the fans. I know all the fans of dads and we become friends. And Seth goes, do you want to wear one of your dad's shirts tonight? I go, well, how do you have one of my dad's shirts? He goes, well, one day your dad asked me what size I wore and a box of clothes just showed up at his house. You know, I mean, that's the kind of man that dad was. Wow. And when we fly somewhere, Harvey, there'd be people at airports and I don't know how they knew what airport we were coming into, but they would have stacks of albums and he would stand there in the rain or whatever the weather was and sign every one of them. And I'm like, dad, why do you do that? And he goes, because I know they're selling them so they can support their family. Wow. Yeah. That's just the kind of man that dad was. After he passed away, you released a beautiful album called The Way We Were, which is an absolute joy from beginning to end. And I have to tell you, getting a little emotional. I cry every time I listen to It Looks Like Rain. That song really captures the feeling of living with Alzheimer's, doesn't it? Yes. And and definitely the feeling of when I would go to visit dad in the home. Definitely. You produced a beautiful booklet full of wonderful photos with that CD. I can't even imagine how emotional it must have been to put that booklet together. Was that a real labor of love? It was. And it was really hard to finish the uh, the CD actually, Harvey, because dad, I thought I was going to have it done before dad passed away, but I didn't. And so I released it on his birthday the following year after his death. And I mean, I'd go in and try to sing songs and I'd break down crying and I just couldn't do it. And it took me a couple of months and that's why it was delayed and, and getting released, you know, when it did, um, it was really hard, really hard. And now on December 17th, you're releasing your brand new single from the Way We Were CD called Today Is Mine. Debbie, I love the message of the song to cherish every day and live in the moment. Congratulations. It's a beautiful song and your voice is just gorgeous. Thank you so much, especially in the world we're living in now, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Now, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this before, but your voice is like a blend of Anne Murray and Kathy Matea. You have this oh, wow. rich, melodic, beautiful voice, Debbie. Oh, thank you so much. Everybody definitely has told me Anne Murray, but I've never heard Kathy Matea. Wow. To me, I hear that blend. And I, I think it's amazing that you have an Anne Murray quality to your voice because your dad recorded many duets with her and he even toured, went, he toured with her. I went on tour with dad and Anne Murray. I went on tour with them. Um, I think we went through Ireland and England. And it's funny, Anne had this cape, this black cape that she had, and I fell in love with it. So dad had Manuel make me one, and I still have the cape. But yeah, I love I love Anne Marie. Love her. Sweet lady. Well, now, as you know, your music producer, Tony Mantor, was a guest on our show, and I'm a huge fan of his music and especially his work ethic and his professionalism. You're in such good hands with that amazing producer. He's such a kind man. I mean, he really, he believed in me, drug me in there kicking and fighting because I didn't think I was ever going to sing again. (laughs) I'm glad he convinced you. Uh, Please give him my warmest regards. Tell him we can't wait to have him back on the show whenever he wants. I think you should record a duet with him. Okay. Well, you know, we tried, but it didn't work out. 
I, the scheduling didn't work out. We were talking about it. So in the future, yes, in the future. Yeah. I think your voices would blend together beautifully. Thank you, Harvey. I want everyone to know that you can buy Debbie Campbell's album, The Way We Were, online at www.plateaumusic.com backslash store. I just love this album, and I hope everybody gets it for all their friends for Christmas. That CD would make such a great Christmas gift, don't you think, Debbie? Oh, I, I yes, absolutely. <laughs> now, Miss Debbie Campbell, you are an interviewer yourself. You have a talk show on YouTube called The Debbie Campbell Good Time Show, and you've interviewed a lot of celebrities, including Charlie Pride, Mary Wilson, Debbie Gibson, Tony Orlando, and many more. What made you decide to become a talk show host? Well, last year during the pandemic, I was sitting at home with my hair in a ponytail and jogging clothes. And I'm like, okay, you got to get out of this bread. So, and I thought, well, why don't I do a good time show? Because everybody's not touring right now and they're all sitting at home, not doing anything. And so I made some calls and I ended up with about 25 or 30 offers to do it. And so we just did it. Boy, Harvey, I was nervous. It's nervous. Don't, do you feel nervous when you're interviewing people? You put me at ease. So I have to say that today I'm not, but sometimes I do get nervous. But I have to tell you, I've really enjoyed watching your show and I've picked up a few tips from watching you. So thank you very much. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Yeah, I still have a few more to do. Billy Dean, Aaron Tippin, Mike Huckabee. You know who Mike Huckabee is? Yes. Yep. They've all said they would do an interview. I just haven't gotten around. I've been so busy flying with my flying schedule now, now that we're back in gear. So I've got to get on that and get those interviews out. Well, you're very talented and it's a little intimidating interviewing an interviewer. So I'll take any tips that you want to give me along the way. <laughs> well, you seem so relaxed. That's a credit to you. Now, oh, there was a very moving documentary about your dad produced a few years before he died called I'll Be Me. I know your sister Ashley sang on the soundtrack. Were you involved in that documentary at all? I, there's a little clip of me in it. And the only reason that there is a little clip of me in it is because they interviewed me before she fired me. What did you think of the documentary? Well, to be honest, when I first saw it, I saw it in Nashville. And they had completely not even mentioned Sarah or Dylan, my dad's third wife and their son. And I'm like, I looked at the producers and I'm like, are you kidding me? You're really going to release that without mentioning that dad was married to Sarah and they have a child. And so obviously that got edited in at some point. But I was really shocked that they left that. That's part of dad's history. If you're going to tell the history, tell the history. You know, you don't pick and choose what you leave out and put in, you know, and then uh, I, it was OK. You know, I know a lot of. Of inside stuff, so. I'd have to say that really not impressed, not impressed. Well, I'm sorry, as a, and that's very frank because I've, you know. Well, I appreciate that. I'm going to tell you my honest opinion as a fan. I think that if you look at the documentary strictly on the basis of an expose of Alzheimer's. Right. It's a very insightful film. Yes, I agree. But I agree. it is not a tribute to Glenn Campbell because no. the focus is too much on the last portion of his life, which is no reflection on the Glenn Campbell that the whole world knew and loved. And I'd like to see that documentary. Absolutely. I totally agree. 
So, Good insight, Harvey. <laughs> so uh, you know the next question. How about it, Debbie? You're the you're the perfect person to produce the real Glenn Campbell documentary. There are works. There are things in the works, but you know. But then there's all the legalities because of the stepmom that holds the. You know what I'm saying? Right. She holds the the whole the legal rights. Yes. So there, there's a lot of legalities, but I have been approached a couple of times. Definitely. I really hope it happens because I don't want people to just have that as the resource. Now there is a wonderful live DVD that I have. That's a compilation of Glenn Campbell in concert from various TV performances. Oh, what is it called? It's called Glenn Campbell live. I wonder if I, it's a DVD. Is it a DVD where you're watching? It's a DVD. Yes. And Did it, it just come out recently. Yes. I would say within the last year and it's wonderful clips of him singing from him, mostly from the TV show. Okay. But it's not a documentary. And I really hope that you're able to engineer that because he deserves it. Right. Well, because all of dad's legacy is way before the fourth wife anyway. So definitely. Yeah. Now you're a strong advocate in the fight against Alzheimer's disease Absolutely. because you saw close up what that terrible yes. illness did to your dad. Can you tell us a little bit about the work you've done for Alzheimer's victims? Well, I've walked uh, for many years here in Phoenix and during November, that's usually the Alzheimer month. In fact, Tanya even came and walked one year with me here in Phoenix. And then I've gone over to England and done a, a fundraiser. I've done a fundraiser in Dublin. I will go anywhere and do a fundraiser for free to raise money and awareness for Alzheimer's. God so bless if they you. need me in Canada, I'm there. Call me, I'm there. We would love to have you. And also, I hope to see you on tour with the new album. Oh, thank you. I have a lot of friends in Calgary. Well, Debbie, I must tell you, it's been such a pleasure to have this chance to interview you. You're a truly descended from music royalty. I hope you know that. Well, I'm shy. <laughs> well, I know Tony Orlando keeps telling me, Debbie, you are the descendant of royalty. You are a queen. I'm going, okay, Tony. Okay. <laughs> you, know? you are descended from music royalty and you're honoring your father's legacy so beautifully with your own gorgeous voice. I don't Thank think you. you realize how really beautifully you do sing. Thank you, Harvey. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show. My pleasure. And I hope to meet you in person someday. Oh, and I wish you every success with the new single and the CD. And I hope you'll come back to talk about every new project that you're working on. You're always welcome. Anytime. I'll be there. Our guest has been the one and only Debbie Campbell. My name is Harvey Brownstone. Thank you to our producer, Steve Silver. Thank you all for joining us. See you next time. Be sure to check out more interviews by Harvey Brownstone on this podcast channel.